Hey geeks, it's Jana and Ashley. Thanks for joining us this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your place for the latest geek and fandom news. I like how festive lots of you are. You're matching our... Yeah, you're festive too. Yeah, we <laughs> gotta do it, right? <laughs> Heck yeah. Hi Peter, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. I'm pretty sure I'm cured of ever wanting a casserole or ever even wanting to look at a casserole again. So thanks for that. <laughs> what was it like reuniting with your former castmates and jumping with them back into the story and into that mindset? Well, that was an important aspect, I think, bringing the original kids back. You know, all the kids from the original film are in this. Um you're, you're right. It, it's been nearly 40 years, I think 39 years. So it's, it's one of the longer ever, I think, um, original cast, to, if not the longest, to sequel. And I think for me, um, you guys can obviously relate to this, um, exploring the idea of Ralphie as a parent um, was finally kind of a way back in. And I had been approached over the years, obviously, to do stuff. Nothing felt right. I had produced the musical, which I loved. And outside of that, hadn't done anything. But I think this idea of the original where it's a kid, and for those that are parents, your kids are obsessed with whatever they happen to want for Christmas, no matter what it is, as crazy as it is, is all they want. And the first movie is based on that. But then as a parent, you get kind of, you want Christmas to be perfect for them. And, you know, you can feel this pressure to put on a great Christmas. And I think um, the timing being right with the passing of the old man, calling him home, um, those elements felt like they were the right ways to um, to bring Ralphie back. Peter, this sequel includes so many great nods and callbacks and Easter eggs to the original A Christmas Story. Do you have a favorite Easter egg that you were able to include in the sequel? I've been sort of developing this for nearly four years, so it was you know, I exercised and really wanted to get it right. So I co-wrote the story, produced the film and wanted to make sure that we were doing it right. And, you know, glad you feel that way about the callbacks. It's easy to lean into them and just get, kind of redo scenes based on the original iconic right. scenes. But I think then you have kind of a hollow movie. Um, so it was important to have its own story, but you know that people want some access to those things. So in some of the flashbacks and the voices. And I think too, it's like, you know, for any of us who have gone back to our childhood homes, um, which a lot of us have as adults, it's a weird feeling. It, it kind of looks the same, but it's not, but it kind of feels the same. And you almost hear voices or echoes, you see things. And then even I think for, for Ralphie's character to go back to Homan and also we all probably know, you know, you want to be a success, but then maybe you haven't quite measured up yet and your friends think you're a big success. So it's it's a it's a combustible feeling. Um, but we tried to balance giving enough Easter eggs, nostalgia, right, and callbacks, but not having the movie rely on them because it would have been easy to do that. And I think, I mean, for those of you that have seen it, I love when I pick up the lampshade in the attic and I don't know if you saw mm -hmm. you start to hear the saxophone, then I just throw it away to grab the typewriter. It's like, it's sort of this ugh, almost frustrating, but in a good way, because I think that's real. It's like, I'm, I'm way past that, you know, and I've got something that I'm looking for. So we tried to tease and then there's a little shot of the BB gun when I'm writing the story. Um, that's kind of, I don't know if you guys watched it on laptops or whatever, but it's just in the foreground. So they're there. And I don't know if, did anyone watch the credits? 
Okay, cool. So it's a good thing that I got to remember to let people know. We do a lot of still photos of the original composition of certain shots and then how we married and matched the composition of those shots. Um, and there's quite a few shot for shot elements that are the same that aren't even necessarily really story elements, but just we wanted to do like when I'm sitting with my mom and the fuse goes out in front of that was really the ending shot of the movie with Darren and Melinda in the original. So there's lots of cool moments like that. So while you were able to include so many great nods and callbacks and Easter eggs from the original in the new A Christmas Story Christmas, is there anything from the original that you were not able to fit into the sequel because it just didn't fit story-wise or for another reason? Yeah, I think I touched on it. It's the moment um, after I've gotten the star and gone through Scut and come home and I'm sitting alone in front of the tree. Um, and my mom, Julie Haggerty, comes and sits next to me. And that is the mirror image of virtually the final shot in the original when Melinda is done and they're watching the snow outside. And she just puts her hand on the old man's back, which is just enough to signal in that movie they're okay after the battle of the leg lamp and everything. Um, and it's this was this interesting idea of movies very much an homage to the old man and to Darren McGavin, you know, that you can feel with the passing of him. And so felt kind of right that, you know, it's now kind of mom and son that are in this together. And so I liked, and we, we took all many hours to get that right and to get sort of the camera move and the setup of that right. And then just a fun one. I don't know if you noticed, but remember when we're in school and we open the desk drawer and there's all those things and the fake teeth clacking. Um, when I try to bribe the publisher and he opens the drawer, it's like his drawer is full of other bribes, hopeful bribes. If you look in that, no one's seen it. It's probably too wide. But we do this stuff that we think people are going to see. I think one of them was like, hope you enjoy the read like S King, like, cause we saw Stephen King's first book wasn't published till 74 or something. So this idea that maybe these other great writers were like chasing this gatekeeper and he's going to keep them all out. That was great. And you had this side by side in the credits of that one too. Yeah, exactly. And then some other ones, I guess breaking great. the fourth wall. That was another thing that we is so rare and weird in that movie. When after I lied, <laughs> lied to my mom about getting hit by an icicle, break the fourth wall and laugh at the camera. We wanted to, it was one thing we were really checklisting to do and weren't sure where. And we just said on set, we kept looking for an opportunity to do it. And then after the Randy felt like the right one to do. And it turned out it was kind of almost the same framing because that was in the bathroom that was right upstairs. So. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for more geeky goodness.